You're listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. Worship with us on Sundays in Kansas City, or join us in June for our youth and young adult conference called Bold. Luke chapter 1, and uh, Luke chapter 1, we're starting a new series uh, called Hark, and I know you hear the word hark, and it's probably a word that you use nearly every day, like hark, that's, that's what I say, hark, um, and it, it really means listen, and of course, this comes from hark, the herald angels sing, and so uh, I thought it'd be fun to just, just lean in on the word hark, I, uh, I think I'm going to start using it as I've been studying it this week. Uh, because I like it. Um, it. Really what it means is get rid of all the distractions and listen. So I've been saying it all week. I've been saying, hark, put on your seatbelt, boy. Hark, wear a coat, boy. Hey, kids, hark, turn off the lights. Do you, have, do you know how much of my life is turning off lights? I just, it's bizarre, man. I'm like, Jesus, I pray for these lights to go off by themselves. <laughs> that never works. So, um, Anyway, I've been adding hark. Uh, not really. I really haven't added it yet, but I like the word. And uh, I, it, it's kind of commanding. Just, just listen. Get rid of the distractions. And there's some moments in this story of Jesus' birth that embody moments where the angels spoke and where an angel came, a messenger, Gabriel, comes and speaks and we find the angel coming to Mary, the mother of Jesus, and we find the angel coming and speaking and, and, uh, multiple times. And I just want us to take uh, uh, each week just some moments where the angels declare, where the messenger comes, and let us slow down a little bit and hark and just listen in. <laughs> I'm going to say that a lot. Just, just listen um, and let it, let it infiltrate our lives. Let it infiltrate how we live. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about Mary today, and we'll talk about her journey, and really what the angel says, and then a little bit of her life, and all the way, we're going to go all the way to uh, the last time that we read about her, and, and, and how it, it applies to her life, and my hope is that um, we can apply it to ours. So if you've got your Bibles, Luke chapter 1, we'll start there. Luke chapter 1, verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. So Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, which Nazareth is in northern Israel, a small town, a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Dear Lord, help me. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, okay? And here it is, for you have found favor with God. That's a good start. You have found favor with God and you will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And everybody said, yes, Lord. All right, there we go. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age 
And she who was said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. And here's the part I want you to get, verse 38. This is really fun. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Which that's the NIV. Which the NIV is a translation that tries to kind of go thought for thought. Uh, but really, when you get kind of the word-for-word word translation here, it's, it's a little bit more what we would find in the, the King James, or the New King James, which is this, be it unto me, be it unto me. And that's the title of my message today is, be it unto me, as you have said. All right, be it unto me. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we just thank you, Lord Jesus, for the opportunity to celebrate Jesus at this Christmas season. And we want to slow down and listen in. And amidst all of the busyness, the distraction, the good things, and the crazy things, may our eyes be fixed on Jesus. May we grow in our friendship and our relationship with Jesus. May we grow in our understanding of Jesus being our King and our Savior and our Lord. And that there is no end to his ruling and reigning. We thank you for the baby that was born in a manger. And we thank you for the King that's seated on the throne. We thank you for our Jesus above all else. We honor you. We love you. And all of Radiant said, amen. amen. All right. So here we go. Be it unto, I got that amen over there. What's up? That's good. Come on. Yeah. Bring the little kids. They say, they amen better than you. Aiden Zane was dancing better than anybody this morning. He was up here worshiping. All right. Distraction. ADD. Anyway, so the first thing I want us to just look at today is just this response from Mary. Um, be it unto me. I don't know what Mary's life would have looked like if an angel had not appeared and said, hey, guess what? You've got a destiny. Hey, guess what? Your life's not gonna go quite like you thought. But the angel shows up and looks at Mary and, and who knows what Mary's wedding might've looked like? Who knows what this teenage girl pledged to be married to Joseph what in the culture it would look like for a young girl in Nazareth, northern Israel, to get married. But when the angel of the Lord shows up, her plans are suddenly adjusted. Suddenly, the plan that she has is getting bumped. Suddenly, there is a God plan that doesn't look like Mary's plan. And we don't have any kind of context of knowing exactly what she was thinking. But when you would just look at the culture, you can imagine that it probably was not on her radar. Of, hey, guess what? You're going to face explaining to the people of your town and your parents and Joseph that you are pregnant and it's God. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit will, that will come on you. Like you could just imagine Mary trying to just breathe that in and think through that. All right. Suddenly, I got I to gotta say that. Suddenly, there is this glory. All right, I've got, I've got a great role that I play in human history about the God of the ages who's going to redeem mankind, and he's going to use me, and I've got a role that I play, but there's also the underbelly side that goes, in, and this disrupts my plan. This, I mean, I was just going to have a regular old teenage girl marrying a carpenter wedding in Nazareth. But now it looks different. Now what's it going to look like for me? Oh, it was never in my plan 
to be nine months pregnant and ride a donkey to Bethlehem, you know, like, mm. it's never my plan to necessarily give birth to the son of God in a cave, huh? Wasn't necessarily my plan, but God, my plan of comfort, ease, and normality is laid at your feet because your plan is better than my plan, even if I don't fully understand it. I want you to know that in the calling of God that's on your life, you build plans, but if you will open up your heart and be receptive to the Holy Spirit speaking to you, he will give you a plan that far surpasses your own. He's got an agenda on your life. He's got a calling on your life, just like he had for Mary. Now, (laughs) probably a little bit different, but nonetheless, It's a kingdom role that he wants you to play. And a lot of times we like to fill in the blanks with the agenda that we have so that our lives can look like we want them to look. But I wanna invite you at this Christmas season to wait upon the Lord and say, what is your plan? What's your kingdom plan? (laughs) Like, Like maybe, maybe my wedding in Nazareth and my plans pale in comparison to the plan that you have. It is quite possible that you've got something for me that far surpasses my own plan. And I can promise you this, whatever plan he has for you, it will be out of your comfort zone. Like just even for Mary, tell me how this goes again. Like, tell me how this works. And man, the beautiful side, the beautiful side that forever and ever is, I mean, written in the word of God. I mean, we can't even begin to articulate the role that Mary plays. It's incredible. But there is that conversation, that moment uh, where even, even as the angel appears and gives her this direction, it's that moment of, this, this doesn't look like I, this doesn't fit my plan. This, what? And instead of looking and with all kinds of just questions and doubt and fear and saying, well, well how's, my, how's the new wedding going to look? And how's this going to play out? And what's it like to be the mother of a perfect person anyway? Instead of all the potential fear and anxiety, here's what we get. Be it unto me. Mm. I'll obey. I got it. Not perfect, but <laughs> yes, Lord. And I just wanna invite myself and you right now to get ourselves in a position frequently where we wait upon the Lord and we can hear him give us direction. And no matter, what's crazy is the more that you get used to hearing God's voice and obeying, the more often you'll realize almost every time God asks you to do something, it's getting you out of your comfort zone. Like when you're just like, when you're around someone that, They're spending time with the Lord and over and over again, what God's telling them to do matches up comfort and ease. (laughs) Question it a little bit. Because the very way of living for eternity, the very way of following Jesus is stepping aside with earthly plans and surrendering our lives to Jesus who has an eternal plan. And so his eternal plan rarely looks like comfort and ease. His eternal plan will push his people to give up some comfort in order to see 
obedience, what he's calling you to do, and live for eternity and not time. And so this Christmas, I want you to see Mary, who says, may it be, may it be, be it unto me, I will obey. And I want you to just fall in love with a servant of the Lord that says yes. And may we be servants that just say, maybe not my plan, but I'll go with your plan. My, uh, my mom is a uh, pretty dynamic lady. She's in her upper 60s now. And uh, when she was in college, she was in drama. And uh, why'd you laugh? And um, runs in the family. And so anyway, uh, she was... Uh, she, she loved drama and she loved giving like public speeches and she would speak at women's events and all, you know, she just loved it. And she was um, in high school and then in college, the same thing. And so her dream uh, was to, to be, uh, in a sense, like a, uh, a speaker, like a traveling speaker and speak at Christian events. And she grew up as a pastor's daughter and, and she had in college this dream that that's what she was going to do. And, and she married my dad and um, my dad at the time was a math teacher and um, a coach, and um, yeah, some things don't run in the family. And uh, <laughs> what? And so anyway, um, they uh, they got married, and um, for a while, my dad was a coach, and then um, they 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 went off to seminary, and my dad um, worked as a as a pastor while he was in seminary, and then and then they went to the East Coast, just outside Philadelphia, for their first pastorate, and um, so. My mom uh, still had this dream in her heart. And while my dad was going through seminary, she worked as a teacher to help put him through uh, seminary. And, and she still had this dream in, in her heart. And so while, she, while my dad was in seminary, she would speak at whatever potential items might come up, some potential opportunities. And, and then uh, they accepted this call and they're pastoring in, just outside Philadelphia. And lo and behold, in 1976, she gets pregnant and, um, and, you know, there's the normal pregnancy, and then there's the lady who gets pregnant with triplets. Um, triplets was a whole different ballgame. Um, and so my mom tells the story of, of then being in the place where she gave birth to three kids, David, Dana, and Deborah. And, uh, and then in, in 1977, this moment where she was uh, stirring soup and looking out, at, and she's stirring soup holding one baby, and she tells the story of two other babies like laying there on the ground, and she's just trying to keep everybody alive. <laughs> and um, her goal shifted from <laughs> traveling speaker to keep these three babies alive day after day, night after night, day after day. And a friend of hers who had been one of her best friends in college, uh, who was now... Um, kind of on the national circuit and speaking at conferences and churches and, and was, was like on the rise. And it was really one of her close friends who was doing exactly what she wanted to do. And she tells the story that she was standing there uh, in the kitchen and she's stirring soup, holding one of her children. I can only assume it's me because <laughs> I am blessed and highly favored and I'm sure... <laughs> That if there's one that you want to hold, it's going to be me. And so um, Dane and Deborah laid on the floor. And, <laughs> and uh, my mom tells the story of suddenly feeling this, why not me? Like, 
how do I get stuck with triplets, you know? Like, what on earth? God, what's the deal? And she just says she had a moment where the Holy Spirit spoke to her and said, you are blessed and highly favored. And she said, yeah, right. She said, you're blessed and highly favored. And she just, she just meditated on that text right here in Luke 1. You're blessed, you're highly favored. And then she, she said, she felt like the Holy Spirit said, invest your life, pour out your life in these kids. And if you'll pour out your life huh, in these kids, man, you'll touch more people than you could flying around an airplane preaching to people right now. And so she could have never dreamed that all four of her children grew up to be preachers, but they did. And she loves to tell the story. Of course, now one of the fun things is, is what my parents do is they travel around and preach. And she's living that dream now. But in that moment, knowing, you know what? This is my plan. And I can't see like you see, God. And I wanted the airplane ride, speaking at the women's conference. <laughs> you gave me triplets. But God, who sees bigger than you see, who God, who is at work. And I just want you to just lock in. Okay, God, whatever you call me to, I'll obey. Be it unto me, whatever it is. Lord, I'll go. Lord, I'll give. Lord, I'll serve. Lord, I'll pray. Lord, I'll parent. Lord, I'll follow. And so then I, I love not only Mary's obedience, but next you see Mary and she goes and she visits Elizabeth. And so let's just keep reading in the text. It says in verse 39, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered uh, Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. So I'm just reading this text and I am like loving this lady, Elizabeth. Do you, do you sense her spirit? I just, I picture if you're Mary, and suddenly God has sent you on a divine assignment and your life in Nazareth <laughs> is suddenly potentially gonna be under scrutiny. I love that Mary got away a little bit. And she goes to Elizabeth's house and listen to Elizabeth who herself is supernaturally in her old age. God is letting her be the mother of John the Baptist and listen to the encouragement that oozes from Elizabeth. I want you to catch it. I mean, because she's, Mary, you are blessed. Mary, blessed is your child. I am favored to be with the mother of my Lord. My baby inside me is leaping. <laughs> it's, it's nice to have you. Good job at being obedient, the promise of God. I mean, she is filled with encouragement. Elizabeth is just overjoyed. And we don't know, of course, all kinds of preachers and commentators have all given commentary about the potential ridicule that Mary faced. But we do actually read in the text that she received encouragement from Elizabeth. And so Mary finds a comrade. Let me tell you, 
In your journey of obedience, you need comrades. I'm telling you, when you have this call of God that's in your life, you're just, hey, I'm just Mary. I'm just doing my thing. I'm just, I'm just living here. And suddenly the angel of the Lord shows up and gives me a mission, gives me a plan, gives me a calling. You know the benefit of having some people that just are Elizabeths in your life? Come on, blessed are you. Blessed is the baby. Blessed are you for believing the promise. Even JB is jumping inside of me. Like, we're all <laughs> proud of you. Everybody, we're all excited. I'm just telling you, in my journey, man, when it goes to saying yes and being obedient to the call of God and you see it, and others don't see it, it is a delight to have some comrades that are going, mm, blessed, favor, you got this, let's go, uh. That's why one of the things you hear about at Radiant Church all the time is small groups. Why we're not casual about it, right? Like, hey, let's just do church on Sundays with a little bit of emphasis on small groups, not in this house. Man, in this house, we're a bunch of small groups doing church together. Because here's what we believe. We believe, man, beautiful to sit in rows, life-changing to sit in circles and have conversations. Man, I got this sense the Holy Spirit's calling me to mm, fill in the blank, to touch the poor, to touch the nations, to disciple my kids, to, to, to be extravagant in the way that I serve my wife, to, to write a book, to, to take care of prisoners, to whatever is the, the kingdom dream that God has put in your heart. You know the beauty of having an Elizabeth sitting across the table drinking coffee with you going, mm, blessed are you, favor, let's go, you got the, yeah. It's life-giving and we need it. I need it. I need, I need it so much. I mean, this past time I was in two small groups, <laughs> right? Because I love having some dudes in my life that are like, come on, David, let's go, let's go, come on. And I'm like, well, I just sense the Lord is saying, da, 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 da. I feel called. And they're like, come on. And the temptation, if I'm in isolation, is to question if it's even the Lord and pull back in fear. But when you've got some encouragers, some comrades, like an Elizabeth in your life, whew, you're like, all right, okay. And I just want to encourage you not only to get around some Elizabeths, but be an Elizabeth. You know, don't tweet that, but be an Elizabeth. You know, like be one, like, like look, at, look at people who are a little bit younger than you in their journey. And if you're a teenager in this house, man, go breathe life into an eight-year-old. You know, if you're a 20-something, go, go look at someone who's in a similar journey. I mean, here's pregnant Elizabeth, God at work. She's gonna give birth to John the Baptist. And here's Mary, young girl, and Elizabeth's just breathing life. Go, go breathe life into that teenager. Man, you're a 35-year-old, breathe life into that young adult. You know, and all the way up, all the way up. I'm telling you, the, the most encouraging people in my life are in their 70s. Because <laughs> I just drink it up. I don't, when I need encouragement, I, as much as I love my 30-year-old my friends, 40-year-old friends, I call I got a couple guys that are in their 70s that they've been where I'm at. And you know why? Because they just think I'm great just because I'm surviving. <laughs> Which I think is a little bit of a good picture. Because some of us as friends, we're like, well, you gotta, it's about and let's measure. And, but some of those guys are, and ladies that they've done some life, they're just like, hey, end up with your heart alive in Jesus and staying faithful and you win. And they tend to just have a little bit of a better perspective. So if you are in your 70s, man, be an Elizabeth and breathe some life into some people. And my hope is that 
all the way down, we're gathering together and there's people just encouraging one another and, and being like an Elizabeth to Mary. And anyway, uh, I, I love Hebrews 10 where the writer says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but here it is, encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So I wanna encourage you, don't give up meeting together. Don't, don't give up encouraging. Yeah, you've faced hardship. Yeah, you've had people to let you down. Welcome to life. Welcome to life, all right? Will that define you? Or will you go back to truth? Go, you know what? It is true that God does use people to speak and encourage life in me. It is true that iron sharpens iron. All right, I'm gonna risk again and I'm going to mentor. I'm gonna risk again and I'm going to disciple. I'm going to risk again and I'm gonna encourage. Or if you're feeling broken today, don't jump into a leadership role in a small group. Just get in one. Just get in one and be like, hey, help me. <laughs> just, I just wanna be a mayor. Will you just love me right now? Like, here's my issue. And then talk for 45 minutes. <laughs> Here's my problem, and this is my problem, this is my problem, this is my problem, this is my, it's okay. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're in a small group. Our dream is that you feel loved and encouraged. We're not gonna give up meeting together. And then look at verse 46. I'm not gonna read this whole thing, but this is called the Magnificat. It's, it's where Mary worships. It just starts off, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, generations will call me blessed. I just love Mary goes in for 10 verses here and she just worships. All right, so number one, you get, here's the call. Number two, I'll obey and be faithful to the calling. Get some comrades around you, some Elizabeths. And then no matter your circumstance, worship. Like Mary's right here very excited because, man, she's playing a role in the kingdom and she just, this is a, this is a moment, this is a, a, an exciting moment for her. But Mary's life isn't always wonderful and easy. Mary goes through some hardship. But I just wanna encourage you with Mary's heart of worship because I think it's one of the things that sustains us. As you go through your days, do you know the temptation to fill up your life with perpetual talk radio, perpetual earthly circumstance, perpetual secular music, perpetual news. All, I wanna encourage you, make sure your life is full of worship. If you will get deep inside your head, your brain and your heart, what you meditate on, what you think on is my soul will glorify the Lord. If you'll get that, you'll be surprised how your circumstance gets put in right perspective. When the primary thing that's all over your life is, oh, I'm thinking about all the problems in the world, all the issues, all the fights, all the pain tends to come out. But right here, Mary, she just goes, and Mary's a worshiper. Mary's a worshiper. We read later that says, in the midst of all that was going on in her life, in the midst of giving birth to Jesus and all that, it says Mary pondered these things in her heart. She was a worshiper. And my dream for you would be that cars would be filled up with worship. I'm just asking you. I know that's so practical. So just, I invite you, go ahead. 
Let the playlist shift to my soul will glorify the Lord. David, isn't that a little bit strict? No, it's a little bit right. Like you need it. Like you feed your heart on things. I'm not, I'm not saying because they're the existence of bad. I'm saying they're the presence. The, 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 those things are not the presence of worship. They're not lifting your heart. And so, man, I'm not saying all those things are bad at all. What I am saying is, is make sure that those earbuds, that, that when you work out or that in your car, in your house or Pandora, man, get this, my soul will glorify the Lord. And you get that, it shifts your day. It shifts your week into my attention is on him. And I'm telling you, when you have an eternal perspective on a Tuesday, it changes your life. It's not just, any, I love it in here, man. Let's gather together. Let's look to Jesus. Let's sing a few songs. And man, we can have all the hipsters up here leading us in some kind of worship song. Awesome. We'll all, we'll try, try to be like them. Wear zippers on your pants. Do whatever it takes to be cool. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Paul Barker, he threatens me every week. If you don't look better, people ain't gonna like you. All right. So that's what you need in a youth pastor. Threatening you, come on, baby. But what I am saying is this, man, let's worship in this house, but it isn't done when Katie's done. It's not over when Rachel walks up here and reads the scripture. Man, it's, it's, it's all week long. God, I will worship. My soul will my soul magnify the Lord. And then I'll conclude with this. This is, this is really powerful to me. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people that signed up when I was young. You know, Jesus, I'll follow you. I'm, I'm one of those people that uh, face some hard days. And I bet there's people in this house that maybe you signed up when you were young, whatever that young is. If you think that young is in your 40s or if you think that young is in your, in, when you were seven years old. Somehow the years turn to decades and to stay faithful for decades remains a challenge. And I think one of my favorite things about Mary the worshiper, is that she sticks with it long-term. Not just in the great moments. My soul will glorify the Lord. I mean, the mother of Jesus. Woo-hoo! But you know, there's this moment in John 19 where her baby boy, I can't imagine. I can't even, I, I, I just, I can't, can't even fathom the cross for Mary. I mean, there's this moment in John 19 where John gives us a window into the heart of Jesus because Jesus says, we've got a record of seven things that he says on the cross. And one of them is that he looks down and he speaks to Mary, his mom. And just imagine that baby boy was in your belly on that donkey. That, that was, that's, I mean, the hope of the world. And then you look up, and wouldn't you be tempted? Are you kidding me? What, what about seated on the throne of David? Where's the throne? This looks like a Roman cross. This isn't quite how I pictured it. This, this is, this is going to happen, this flesh being ripped off. I mean, th- crown of thorns, 
Are you kidding me? I just want you to imagine being the mom who looks up at the boy. And you know she's proud because he was perfect. I mean, sinless. <laughs> she's proud. She loves him. Crucified. On that day. That's the day that it's easy to go, I'm out. See ya. Too hard. Too hard. But she doesn't. She doesn't quit. We find Acts chapter 1, verse 14. This great moment in the upper room where Luke writes out who's present. And he puts right there the disciples. And then there's this moment where he goes, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, Jesus, crucified on the cross, resurrected, ascended. Now, upper room, start of the early church. Teenage girl, what's up? I'm still around, boys. I'm not giving up. I believe. I believe in the promise of what Gabriel told me that day when I was a young teenager. And now, man, I, I watched him grow up. I watched him turn water into wine. I was pretty confident that he could do it. And I'm here now. Start of the early church. And I just want to encourage us today. There's some prophetic promises in the house. There's some callings that are seated today. And I know this is a theme that keeps coming around again, but it's because we're in our early days as a church. And so you're a part of this house. And there's a lot of dreams that it's gonna require being obedient, sticking with it, staying faithful. Days that you're gonna wanna go too hard, too tough. But I wanna invite you, come back around. All right, God, my plan for my life would have been a little bit more comfortable and easy. But your plan is always eternal. My plan usually looks like me, and I trust you, and I can't see like you see, and so I'll be faithful. Let's bow our heads and pray. Jesus, we love you today. We're disciples. We have some good days and some hard days. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you would help us to be faithful, not to quit, to worship, find some comrades that'll help us on the journey and to trust your plan, God. I wanna invite you just right now, will you just surrender your life again? Just say, God, your way, not mine. I'm in it for you. And God, I'll obey wherever you call me. Whatever you, whatever you tell me to do, I'm in. God, I just confess I'm so tempted to quit, stop worshiping, keep my eyes on circumstance and on me. But today, December 3rd, I lift my eyes to Jesus. Help me be faithful. Help me not quit. Give me supernatural strength. Holy Spirit, come be in me. 
I choose you. If you would like to follow Jesus, we'd like to connect with you on your journey. Email us at follow at radianchurchkc.com. If this ministry has encouraged you, we'd love to hear your story. Email us at mystory at radianchurchkc.com. If you'd like to invest in Radian Church, please click Give on our website, radianchurchkc.com. Are you a young adult and interested in spending a year in Kansas City at Radian Church? Check out radianintensive.com. Thanks for listening to the Radian Church Podcast.